Welcome, Friendship Fam. Joining us at Friendship Studios is Matt Clausen and Joel Farber. We're continuing to do a deep dive into 1 John, so dive into the deep end of Chapter 4 as we talk about love, hate, fear, and commandments. I'm Kenny White, inviting you to grab some coffee, buckle up, and enjoy the ride on this week's episode of your Friendship Church Podcast. Hey, church fam, Joel here. Say, are you looking for new clothes? Check out our new Friendship Church Swag Shop online at friendshipmn.org slash swag. Pick up a cool hoodie or t-shirt and wear it around town. And as you do, remember to love, live, and serve like Jesus. Welcome, friends. I'm here with Matt and Joel, and and you guys, I, I just, occasionally I come across things that I'm reminded how crazy this world is, and, and this is, I mean, we could certainly go to the headlines today, but uh, let's not, and let's take a let's little, nod. Let's take a little bit of a reprieve from today's headlines, and let's look at the past. Let's look at some things that, that's happened in, in recent history. For example, Joel, I don't know if you ever saw this one. Wait a minute, Kenny. Wait, what? We gotta back up. Okay. We're backing up. We're going into a segment called, right? This world is crazy. But God is good. Thank you for that, Joel. Yeah. That was close. I almost just jumped in. I know. I, I, well, I mean, we talked about diving into the deep end. You were I ready. was just ready to jump into the deep end. Right. Because this is funny to me. Minnesota deputies reel in a woman stranded on a waterborne unicorn, one of those big inflatable unicorns. What? They had to go save her. What? That's crazy. Yeah, you're only supposed to use those in pools or something, it says. Yeah. Something with boundaries. <laughs> shorter than miles. Right, right. <laughs> Maybe not like the Great Lakes. Okay. Uh, yeah. This is one of my favorites uh, because I can't do them personally. An airline removes a passenger who won't stop doing pull-ups. <laughs> I've never been able to do oh, a pull-up. Well, Wait, where was that, he doing the pull-up? That's what I was wondering. Yeah, let's find out. What's it, what's it say, Joel? Where, he, uh, where is he doing them at? On the overhead bin, somewhere in oh. between <laughs> mid-flight between Phoenix and Boston, a gentleman stood from his seat and started doing pull-ups on the overhead bin repeatedly, even oh, when asked to stop. How short by is this passengers guy? and crew members alike. Even we just bend your Even knees. my wife has to duck to get under the overhead bin. Like That's true. and he's I'm doing sure pull-ups he on it. His legs up. He must have just pulled his legs up and yeah, kind of like he's a doing vertical. like V-ups or something. <laughs> what? And he's got like his knees probably tucked up or or bent or. You know, kind of like a, an right. upright mm. upright cradle position. What's that called? You, you have to stop doing pull-ups. <laughs> no. That's no, crazy. I will not stop. That's funny. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, so I think you'll appreciate this one. Uh, a train left 25 seconds early in Japan, <laughs> and the company wants everyone to know it's really, really sorry. Oh. That made the headlines. 
say you're sorry, Choo Choo. When you <laughs> when you started that headline, I thought it was going to be a math problem. <laughs> so a train leaves 25 seconds earlier, early Going in west. Japan. <laughs> what time headed towards will Tokyo. It, what time will it reach Tokyo? Another train leaves Tokyo. <laughs> That's a trick question. Uh, Three minutes late. <laughs> well, and the whole reason this train is saying sorry to everyone is because one person was late. Or mi- one person missed the train. They missed the train. Yeah. That, that person's schedule is probably that dead on to be 25 <laughs> seconds later. <laughs> That's right. What? Oh, my goodness. Well, and what a great reminder. Be early. Right. To be every early. everywhere in life. Everything. The grocery Everything store. should be early, too. Doctor's appointments. School. Yeah. Work, Anything else? Church. These guys are being <laughs> passive aggressive. <laughs> I'm just going to be aggressive. They be are aggressive, speaking aggressive. to those of you who come 10 minutes late to the 1045 service. Church is a good one. Show up on time. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Thanks for just being aggressive aggressive. Absolutely. Good job. Uh-huh. Uh, well, so here's the thing, though, that people might want to know that uh, starting here, what, the 12th? Yeah, the 12th of September. We're starting a new format, right? Yeah, the order of service will flip for a little bit. Yeah. At least for this series that we'll be in. Kind of the, the sermon is weighted at the front of the service. Right. Yeah. And I, I heard that Matt is going to publicly embarrass people who come in after he starts preaching. Right. Shame! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I noticed you walked in late. There's a seat right up front. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, you guys, I'm reminded that this world is crazy, but God is good. That's what our passage is about. <laughs> That's the truth. Well, let's let's just go right into that. We're in 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start in uh, verse 7 this week. We're picking up where we left off. I think it's important for us to recognize that, you know, that John, when he's writing this, uh, that he's addressing some division that is occurring in the church because of some heresy. And uh, unless, unless you've walked through some division, you, 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 you may miss at how important it is to be reminded to love. Uh, I was talking to someone who was unchurched recently, and they were saying how how cool it must be to be to to go to church where everybody agrees on the same things and everybody is willing to be gracious and forgiving mm. and i really i really thought that was an interesting perspective and recognized that that's that's pretty innocent and also that's that's not the way that it is always in church and especially right. when you're dealing with with things of the magnitude that John is in this passage with mm-hmm. with direct heresy and that the those those people who are being heretical are trying to persuade people who uh believe truth to believe a lie and as we all know as we've all seen it see it appears that oftentimes those things go from generalities like you should believe this to then personal. Well, you're dumb for not believing mm. this. And and you have to wonder if some of that is happening. Well, I have a question before we read this scripture. <laughs> yes. Uh, he opens uh, verse 7 with the word beloved or yeah. beloved. Now, he's used that word a couple of times throughout First John. Yeah. Do either of you have a preference on how I, how I say that word? No, Would you prefer beloved the- or beloved? 
I always think of the song. Going back goes to the song. Along. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's definitely beloved. Yes. <laughs> in the song. All right. Yeah. Do well, beloved. I'll do it that way. Okay. Let's get in. All right. First uh, John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is so also we are in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Hmm. Thanks, Joel. You know. Obviously, there's a lot in this passage. Um, it's it's filled with the word love, and um, again, with this conflict, uh, it's so important that that John points out not just that we should love, but what that love looks like. Right? I mean, he he uses Jesus as the example. He uses the very nature of God as as the example starting in uh, verse 8 and following. And so uh, just before we jump into that, do you guys have any responses to this passage, that, especially as it relates to love and the church? Mark said go. It's an exciting passage, and I let's dig in. Let's go. Yeah. I love it. All right. Anything from you, Joel? I love you, Kenny. <laughs> okay. That's what I it love says. you too, yes. Yes, I agreed. It does say that. The call for John, from John to the church, to love one another uh, is paramount. It's, it's the message that Jesus gave his disciples, and it's the message that John is, is carrying along. It's the message that John is, is making a point to give to the believers, I love there's a story in Eusebius. Eusebius is the uh, church historian of about the third century. And uh, Eusebius talks about John, the story that's been passed down. And John is an old man, and he's been, he's been brought to kind of this 
in my mind, it's like a campfire setting, but the church is meeting outdoors and he stands up and an old man needs help standing up. And he just says this, beloved, let us love one another for this is what the master has commanded. And then he sits down and the men there say, John, you say this every time. Why do you say this? And he stands up again and he says, for this is what the master has commanded. And he sits back down. And and you get that feeling in this mm-hmm. passage. Right? Mm-hmm. Jesus has loved me as the beloved. I am passing that on as the beloved. Mm-hmm. And I am calling you because Christ has called me to love one another. Mm-hmm. I just really get that that sense in this passage. And I, I don't know, it just echoes my heart, echoes within my heart. Any... any um, First blush comments, Matt, before we dig into God is love. Well, I mean, the character of who God is uh, forms God's expressed desires for who he wants us to be. And so this passage tells us not just God is loving, that is, he he acts in ways that are about love. Mm-hmm. He's not just loving, it, it says God is love and says God that love comes from him. So he's the source of love. Mm-hmm. His character is about love. Um, and so that this isn't just God happens to on occasion act in love. No, no. Love is the depth of his character. Mm-hmm. It has its origin in him. And so his people are called to be like him. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's what it means to be one of his, Yeah, is to be a person of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really kind of amazed at how John connects us with that mm. with that love through God and abiding in him. It, it's as if <laughs> it's as if we can't love without God. We can't mm-hmm. love right, right? One of the phrases that we used to always say is we can't love others right if we don't love God first. And and there's this idea if if you would that that we are plugged in to God the source of love, mm-hmm. and our love directly flows to us from God. And that's the point. In, in this, the love of God was manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. And I'll, I'll pause there for just a second, hmm. that this is this appears to me to be a non-transactional kind of love. God is love. He's not loving us because we loved him. Yep. That That's important because the church is being called to that kind that's of great. love. Yep. I love it. Yeah. I, and verses 9 and 10 express Jesus as this model, uh, God as this model, I should say, yeah. of love. Verse 9 he sent the son into the world. I'm not sure that we always recognize the depth of sacrifice that there is on behalf of the son in just coming into the world. Right. Verse 10 focuses on the sacrifice of the cross, but to give up the place in glory and to become a part of the creation. Yeah. Uh, what a step down, if I can use that term, that was for Jesus mm-hmm. and just the ultimate Great sacrificial point. love just to join us stepping out of the place of glory and majesty. I, I think because we don't fully recognize and understand the place of glory and majesty, we're like, well, sure, he became like one of us. What's the big deal? Right. Um, but we, we don't understand what it is to sit on the throne and be the majestic one and the <laughs> right. center of all that exists and to then become, you know, one of the things you made. 
Right. Uh, you know, it's like us becoming an ant or an earthworm or <laughs> yeah, you know, something like that. Or, right. right. And and the fact that we think of, well, no, come on, it's not that bad, only opens our eyes to how little we understand the majesty of and greatness of God. Right. That we would think, no, no, it's far worse for us to become an ant. No, no. Those are two created things. We're talking about the creator becoming a created thing. Yeah. Like, just, uh, it's astounding. And then verse 10, right, leads us into this example of what love is all about, that he gave himself as a, a propitiation or atoning sacrifice for our sins, yeah. right? Like, what? Yeah, and we, not only does he step out of glory, yep. but... Yeah. And, and it doesn't say, and this is love that God has a really warm feeling in his heart about you. <laughs> and this is love that God has some overwhelming affections that he can't control towards you. No, no, this is love that he acted. Yes. This is love that he took on sacrificial action. It doesn't have to do with my feelings. It doesn't have to do with my emotions. It doesn't have to do, no, no, this is love. He acted. Uh, you know, and I think that's an important point, Matt, for many reasons, but one of those is perhaps as, as much as any passage, this is taken out of context. Mm. God is love. So he wants me to be happy. And this is what makes me happy. And mm. God is love. He loves me no matter what. Uh, that does not seem to be what this is implying. Mm-hmm. It's trans. It's not transactional. It is sacrificial. It's action by nature. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's not passive. Yes. Ah, yes. that's the part that gets me. It's and, purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And and I verse eleven then brings us back to kind of the original point. You guys, the way that God loves, you love. God is love. So you guys love each other that that way. Not transactional, like you said, Kenny. Sacrificial, like is clear in Christ. Like right. show that love to each other. Right. Well, and and I love I love this piece. When you go to verse 13, mm-hmm. it's not just that he's calling us to it, like, okay, you need to be mm-hmm. like God, so go get him. Good luck. But verse 13 says. Uh, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Mm. We have the very spirit of God. Yeah. In other words, you you can. There There is your flesh nature. Got it. Mm. But you also have the spirit of God indwelling you. Yeah. Which is greater than you. Yes. Yeah. Greater and it should overflow in, yeah. in you. And out of the overflow is how you love like God loves. Mm-hmm. So this is, do it on our own. this is one of those passages where in a really illogical way I go through and I say about almost every verse, oh, that's one of my favorite verses. Wait, how can they all be your favorite verses, right? But, <laughs> but ver- it's the word of God. How yeah. Do you, how, do you, how are they not all Right, right, favorite? right. Yeah, yeah. My favorite children. Uh, verse 12. Verse 12, I find astounding. And Kenny, it connects so well to things that I've heard you say repeatedly since you've come to Friendship Church in John 17. Mm-hmm. Because it says... No one has ever seen God. Okay, what what a strange statement, right? We just came off of loving each other, right? As Christ right. has demonstrated the love of God, you guys should love each other. And then verse 12 randomly says, no one has ever seen God. Okay, and we, we go back to Exodus and we recognize, okay, to see the very glory of God is overwhelming to us right. as sinful people. And we, okay, great. But then he doesn't follow up on that. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, right. God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Yeah. And I, I think what he's saying in this verse is, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another the way that Christ loves, 
then God's love abides in us and he is seen. Yeah. The closest that anyone comes to seeing the genuine glory and majesty of God is when the people of God love each other well yeah. and love each other rightly. And this really connects to the what, to the passage that you've brought up on multiple occasions, right? Where how, how do the people know that the Father sent the Son? People know the Father sent the Son by the unity of his people. Right. Well, what is it that binds us in that unity? It's our appropriate Christ-like love for each other. And so uh, how do we want Christ to be seen mm-hmm. through our unity? How do we want Christ mm-hmm. to be seen, verse 12, is by the genuine sacrificial, non-transactional love of Christ being shown between us as people, God can be seen as close as anybody gets to see the the glory of God. Until right. until that day when we are with him, Revelation 22, 4, we will see him face to face. I get that. Preach but for it. now, yeah. right, the closest we get is when the body of Christ love each other well. Yeah. Well, and mm. I, I think that is one of the things that we... I believe that there is kind of a spiritual DNA, and we we always have to be careful what is uh, what is of God and what is uh, you know been kind of nurtured within us and and mm. developed and and even as Protestants, you know, it comes from the word protest. <laughs> we 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 are we are so good at being having critical eyes. And that can be a really good thing, and that can be a really bad thing. Mm-hmm. It becomes a really bad thing when it begins to divide. And to your point, Matt, when Jesus lays out his evangelism plan, <laughs> he he doesn't go through, okay, you guys, you need to make sure that you nail the four spiritual laws. And and I think that that's important too, by the way. But But that's not what he tells us. What he tells us is when we love one another— when we are one, as the Father and Son are one, when we're unified, then the world will know that the Father sent the Son. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the evangelism. And to your point, when do we get to see God? When we sacrificially love and care for one another, when we are in action, caring for people without the need of a transaction occurring. Mm. Okay, well, because you did this for me, because you're this person, because you are in this place in our society, in our church, in our culture, mm. in my sphere of influence, then I will. Mm-hmm. Mm, that That's a little different than the kind of love that's being talked yeah. about here. Yeah. Uh, verse, verse 15, whoever confesses that Jesus, the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So mm-hmm. it's the people who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is divine as the Father is divine. Well, what did we just see in the last section that we covered in verse 2, that you can tell that there are false spirits and that there are true spirits and that it is those who are true, right? And those are Mm -hmm. those who are teaching and prophesying, those who are true who confess that Jesus has come in the flesh. So within a single chapter, John has affirmed the need to understand Jesus as human in the flesh, yes. and Jesus as God the divine. Yes. Uh, this hypostatic union fully uh, affirmed within this single chapter and the need for both of those beliefs yes. uh, in order for us to properly understand who he is. Right. Uh, God and manness of Jesus. Sorry, I used hypostatic union may not be familiar to everyone. <laughs> the God-manness cool. of Jesus. There we go. Yes, that's excellent. Excellent, and and exactly what he's trying to address in this with this uh, with this heresy that is coming in that oh no the the this 
Christ's spirit fell on the man Jesus at baptism and then withdrew just before the crucifixion. Like, no, Mm. no, he is fully God and he's fully man. And this fully God and fully man came in the flesh and was willing to give his life that we could have life. Mm -hmm. And that, that that is an example of love, even when it wasn't necessarily uh, accepted and in some cases even when it was rejected regardless there's this responsibility mm. and I, I I've heard this a lot and I know we're we're running out of time Matt but uh, I, I wanted to bring this up mm. that there is this this crossroads of faith and fear here you know so okay I've tried to love this person but they don't seem to love me back uh, this is going on deaf ears and so th- there can at times be a justification for not loving. Uh, are, are you tracking with me so yep, far? Yep. Okay. So if you if you jump down, you guys, to uh, verse 18, yeah. there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected mm. in love. And then verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Continuing on, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. So th- there seems to be these different ends. Either you love or you hate. It seems to be the way that John presents mm-hmm. this. And we like these many subtle shades of love. <laughs> I, I mostly love you. I love you from, uh, in general terms and from a distance and a non-relational kind of way. <laughs> but when we interact, I tolerate you. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of love. But that doesn't seem to be the love that John's talking about. Mm-hmm. Do you, yeah. do you do you see that do, one yeah. do you see that uh, that lived out in in people's lives and and two do you think that's problematic in the church yeah it's not just a a tolerance or I'll put up with you or yes I can walk by and ignore you there's an active love that's seeking the best for the other person that's demanded here yeah absolutely and I I, I you said we're running out of time. I see Joel holding up the fingers to tell us it's time to be done, but I don't care. I don't know about you, Kenny, but uh, I just say we keep going. Uh, yeah, I mean, just what you were talking about, the verse right before that, by this is love perfected or completed or made mature with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, our growing in the fruit of love is the evidence that we belong to Christ so we don't need to fear the judgment. People don't particularly care for that because people don't want there to have to be any evidence. <laughs> right. 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 Or the evidence is I prayed a prayer and I'm done. Right. But, but, Which is kind of a modern Gnosticism in right. and of yeah, itself. Yeah. John, John, the first John is about how we know we belong to him. And he's saying the fact that there is a growing Christ-like love in us Mm-hmm. And and as you said, actively making its way out into the lives of others, that that's the sign we yeah. belong to him. Yeah. And verse 18 might be one of the most misused, I mean, it probably goes in a top 10 of misused <laughs> verses, right? Because I've heard people say, uh, don't you know that perfect love casts out fear? And so you shouldn't be afraid of those spiders, or you shouldn't be afraid of driving near tall cliffs, or you shouldn't be afraid... Well, okay, that that that's not the context here. Yeah. <laughs> the fear is entirely about the punishment of God. <laughs> right. And so yes, love drives out fear because it shows us we belong to Christ. 
It doesn't necessarily drive out our fear of spiders mm-hmm. or our fear of uh, Joel when he jumps around the corner and tries to scare the two of us. <laughs> like that, that isn't the kind of fear that it drives out. It drives right. out the fear of punishment from God. And the sign, as you were saying, Kenny, isn't just this, I'll put up with you. Okay, right. if I have to. Yeah. No, it, it's that we are actively looking to see how we can sacrificially care for each other. Yeah. Mm. I I think that there is this challenge that we have individually and corporately. In the United States, we are kind, mm. but we're not necessarily loving. And for us to recognize that being kind doesn't necessarily mean that we're being loving. And for us to graduate beyond just being kind mm-hmm. to being loving. Uh, one of one of the guys that uh, was a mentor in my life, I, I heard him say this m- several times: "Do I love them enough to tell them the truth?" And that mm. was that was always the moment of, "Yeah, we're going to. I'm I'm about to have a hard conversation." And uh, do I love them enough to tell the truth? Well, the kind thing would be to ignore it or or pretend it didn't happen yep. or or you know those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yes. But do I love them enough to tell the truth? And so, uh, as as we kind of wrap up our time, I again thank you guys for being here. Thanks for engaging. Uh, but I I want to throw out this challenge that that we graduate. If there is if there is anything within us that we are we are trying to love of our own strength, one let's graduate beyond that and let's abide in God. Two to identify are there areas where we're just being kind and not loving. If so, let's graduate beyond that and let's go to that non-transactional, sacrificial kind of love that is modeled in the person of Jesus Christ. Again, we want to thank you for joining in. We want to thank you for engaging and always, always remember to love, live, and serve like Jesus. God bless you and we'll see you soon. As always, thanks for joining in. We are so thankful to have you. Please feel free to share with us how the Lord is moving in your heart at podcast at friendshipmn.org. We'll see you next time on your Friendship Church Podcast.